Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are jumping into episode 214, girl. and this one came with a lot. A lot, girl. <laughs> Uppercuts, I mean, I was trying yeah. to bob and weave. They was all over it today. It, yeah, they were hitting some, uh, hitting some high notes yeah. today on this episode. Very, very good. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to jump right into this one. Uh, so we start out at Babylon, and Justin's there dancing. Remember last episode, he took the job um, mm-hmm. as a go-go dancer and got the, I guess you can call it, promotion to the bar, to dance on the bar. And so he's doing that, and he's uh, racking up the tips. Yo, he out there shaking this thing. I mean, he a natural. Yeah. I mean, he out there doing it. I mean, he was like, this is what I can do. I'm going to do it, or whatever the case. I just hate the way he had to get yeah. to the top, uh-huh. you know? But, I mean, he deserves it. He looked good out there on that stage. Well, yeah. that bar. And know? so we're getting tons of commentary from uh, Michael, Ted, and Emmett on mm-hmm. this. And I think Michael says, you know, from from a high school senior to a go-go boy in less than a year. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, we we never expected that from Justin. So, I mean, I think all the comments, you know, have some validity to them. Yeah. And so they're kind of going on with how they feel about it. Because this is their friend. I mean, they come here and they, like salivate over guys dancing there all the time but this is someone that they know personally yeah, and so it's just a, a little bit different absolutely and absolutely. uh ted says you know if i were brian i'd go crazy seeing all those guys you know with their hands all over him <laughs> and that's of course when brian walks up and like yeah you would be crazy if you think that you could be me yeah exactly <laughs> like you you on some good special k tonight yeah. okay <laughs> you're smoking a little bit too much because you could never be me yeah and so now they start kind of Ribbon Brian a little bit about what Justin is doing, and like, doesn't that bother you? Like, we know what what everybody what you have to do to dance on the bar is common knowledge, you know. And that's what I was thinking about last episode, uh, knowing what they said in this one was Brian knows. Okay, what, if you're dancing takes, on the yeah. bar, I know what that means. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's uh, no spring chicken. He knows how right. to get in. And so, so Brian's having to deal with the fact like I know that, and then they know that, and everybody else here knows that knows what Justin had to do to be up here on the bar and and you can tell that Brian's still bothered by it all like they say you know they make some comment about what he's doing and Brian's like it's just business you know he's just trying to not take a hand out he's trying to make his own way make his own money and he's I think he's saying that more to himself than, than right. to them trying to tell himself like just leave it alone here's why he's doing it true but yeah but what I loved about that scene was you could see how Brian was a little defensive. Like you said, for mm-hmm. himself at the same time, because they made him question himself mm-hmm. because for once, the crew had something on him, you know, mm-hmm. that they could press him. Um, but at the same time, I love that it showed that Brian, this is not just a little fling, a little fuck no more. You know, like there's something more to it. He was defensive to his friends and it was defending Justin to yeah, them. Yeah, he was. You know? mm-hmm. When he knows exactly what Justin's doing out there. To right, get, and you know, even if he doesn't bread. agree with it, he's yeah. like, okay, he has in his mind yeah. what he thinks like his reasoning and what he thinks he's why he thinks what he's doing is right or makes sense for right now. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he was defending that to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love that fight in him for that. Yeah, and how he can separate that and say, okay, I don't like it, I don't agree with that, but, but Justin is his own man, yep. and he can make his own choices be their they right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So Justin comes down and he's talking to them, uh, just catching up with the gang and showing them how showing Ryan how much money he's he's made. And Justin's not really listening to what the other guys are saying, but he and Brian have a little moment there, and right. they kind of make it. And I think that's, you know, they do this thing sometimes where they'll either touch foreheads or they'll share a kiss or something. And I think that's when they kind of, like, connect to their home base. It brings you them know? back yeah. home. And so it's like, you're over there doing the whole thing on the bar, but that's your job. Right. And, but this is something different. This is something real. And so they have that moment of just, like, reconnecting right yep, there. Uh-huh. And, of course, it's interrupted by Gary Saperstein. With his sleazy ass. Yeah, he's like, you need to get back to work, Justin. Yeah, yeah, I'm not paying you to be with your boyfriend. Boy, his boyfriend could pack this club. <laughs> get the hell up <laughs> yeah. out of my face. And then Justin says, well, I'm on a break. And he says, well, break's over. After the whole two seconds. I would say he just got there. Like, absolutely. I want my full 15. Okay. <laughs> So Brian kind of challenges uh, Saperstein a, a little bit, you know, and kind of pushes back on what he's saying and let, lets him know, like, you're not going to push me around. Like, you might push everybody else around, but you're not going to do that to me. Yeah, and it also goes back to, like, he's trying to establish those boundaries. You right. know, like, you acknowledge that I was his boyfriend, but you're not going to disrespect him nor me in here. You know, right. I think he was letting him know, like, yeah, I'm here. It's me. Uh, they do comment that Justin looks tired. Emmett tells him, like, hey, you look tired because Justin says, I, I still have the rest of my shift to go. Right. And they comment that he looks tired, but he's got to get back to it. Got to get back to work because, like Gary said, his break is over. And so he goes over with Gary, and Gary offers him 
some funny white powder. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I know Justin hangs around with the crew who does, you right. know, drugs Brian occasionally. Does it. Yeah, they all, yeah, they all do dip in, you yeah, know, dip, and dab dip and dab in, in but drugs. But I feel like in this, you know, scene, in this aspect of it, like, it doesn't seem fun, you know? Yeah. It was, it's a little forced on. And you shouldn't have to be doing, you know, but you shouldn't have to do that nose candy to stay up to perform. Yeah. You know what I'm If you have to do that for that job, that's not the job for you. Right, That exactly. should be more recreational for you. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to do those drugs... Then that's just you know. It shouldn't be a condition of you being able to do your job, right? Yeah. Correct. You know, so I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was just already from the very beginning. It was already like, no. Nope, yeah, I not mean, liking from things. the first time. Yeah, when you kind of like forced yourself on me, and now you're feeding me drugs. You know, it's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bad. It just taste. looks like grooming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too close to grooming for me. Um, so then we see Emmett and George, and they are in some stables somewhere. I'm not sure if they're at. On George's I'm property. I'm pretty sure that's George's property, okay? The, <laughs> they the bed could is be. loaded. They could be. Uh, but anyway, Emma's like, oh, no, this is a little too much adventure for me. And so while they're on the subject of adventure, they start talking about uh, Emma's desire to travel and how he, he's never been able to do that. And George is like, you got a whole different life now, honey. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's what I love about George. He's like, listen, boo, I love that you humble, but you deserve the world. You need to see some stuff. Whatever your heart desires, let's let's go for it. And Emmett, baby, please, let me just tell you, you got a good man. Let that man spoil you, okay? (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm glad you came from Humble Beginnings, but, baby, you have arrived, okay? Yeah. Like, let this man spoil you. And I would have been on that horse fast, okay? (laughs) Where, Where we going, Daddy? I mean, yeah. for real, right? Yeah, Emmett wasn't feeling the horse, but the idea of a of a plane trip did sound pretty good to him. Mm-hmm. So at the diner, Emmett is telling um, Ted and Michael and Ben about this trip that George is going to take him on. They're going to take together around the world, and it'll be anywhere from six months to a year that they'll be gone on this trip. Girl, that ain't even a trip. Like that's a life change for real. <laughs> yeah, that's an experience. Like I mean, you—that's mm-hmm. amazing. But for both of them to be at this place where Emmett never thought something like that would be possible for him because of his humble beginnings, right? And then George, who it pretty much just resolved to was just going like, to live life exactly. locked like up in his mansion, over for him. Yeah, you know? and so now then for both of them to be able to say we're going to go on this great adventure together. That's a very sweet thing. Yeah, it's very sweet, very beautiful. Yeah. To see their love just, you know, unfold. It's just, I don't know, it's just really cute. Sweet. <laughs> they are cute. I like him and George. I love George. Uh, so Debbie comes over to bring them their breakfast, and she somehow forgot Ben's food. Yo, she needs to get this. it together. She's, that's, yeah. Girl, okay, he's there. He's not going anywhere. Stop being rude. She was sweet and nice to everybody, but then you forget my plate. Okay. Right, the simplest order. Yeah. I mean, Wheaties. It's just cereal and milk. And mm. she, yeah. yeah. Come on now. Like, she's trying it too much, okay? <laughs> yeah, she is still pretty salty about Ben and his uh, HIV status. It's like, Debbie, it's been very many episodes yeah. right now. <laughs> like, come on, girl. And Michael just forgave you when he found out that you've been lying to him for 30 years. That part, <laughs> girl. Sad. Stop with the um the um, hypocrisy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. girl, like, no, don't do it. Please. I can't, uh, you want me to believe it, what you're saying, but you can't even forgive, you can't even forgive my man? Yeah, you know or that, that's nothing even forgive. You can't accept him or Thank even you. tolerate him. Yeah, just, what the yeah. hell? Girl, come on now. That wig on a little bit too tight, Red. <laughs> uh, over at the loft, the alarm is going off, and Brian's getting dressed for work, and he's like, good morning, sunshine, because Justin is still knocked out, and it's clear he ain't getting up no time soon. None. And so Brian says, hey, didn't you have class this morning? And Justin says he, he blew it off. He's not going, which is kind of funny, because Brian points out the whole reason that you're doing this, working all these is jobs, to to is to go to school. <laughs> now you're... No, your job is coming before school. That's yep. kind of backwards. Exactly. And at this at this point, I'm feeling Justin is liking this a little bit too much. You mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, yes, he was working at the diner, but you know he was making a lot of coins at the diner cooking. Mm-hmm. So the fact now that he's making buku money, he's feeling really good, you know? Yeah. So right now his little, his perspective is blurred, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and even though this is frustrating, mm-hmm. this is very true to form for most 18-year-olds. Right. Because I remember when I started making my own money, I was mm-hmm. like, you can't tell me nothing. You yeah, can't tell me what to do. I pay my own bills. <laughs> you know? I make $400 a night. I go, <laughs> you know, like, you, you're just too grown, you know? Yeah, and so... This is all new to him, even though he's been living with Brian for a little while. Like now, it isn't just you know his little diner change; right, it's right. a little bit more. And so he does feel like, hey, I'm taking my life in my own hands. And so, even though 
yeah, there's a lot of foolishness in that. Like, this is very true for an 18-year-old, no, I think. Because if you think about it, if he's making 400 a night, if he does that for seven days, I mean, the boy is cleaning up. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, even if he's only doing it four or five nights a week, right. like, he's making pretty good money. Yeah. When I doubt he has to pay for any of his own living expenses, you know he isn't. really. He isn't. But he better get it together, because if I was Brian, I would have made a rule like, <laughs> okay, you can work and go to school. But, you know what I'm saying? You will, da-da-da-da. And if those grades drop to da-da-da-da, you up, up out of this loft, baby. Or you're going to be paying <laughs> half these bills on this loft. And that loft is big. And they always got some type of light on. It ain't never pitch dark in mm-hmm. there. You know what I'm saying? So that electric bill is going to be killer, okay? <laughs> the, you, come on, boy. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you just see, like, how this is becoming a bigger and bigger source of tension for right. the two of them. Like, mm-hmm. this is starting to interfere with their relationship because I think... While Brian might respect kind of where he's coming from, he doesn't respect some of right. what Justin is, is doing. Well, Justin's know? actions are changing, too. I feel like at times yeah. Justin is really cold. And I wonder if it's because he's compromising who he is and he feels a little ashamed. You know, he used to give Brian all of him. I'm not trying to say he still doesn't give Brian all of him, but he is a wall up. Um, a little bit. I don't know if you you pick it up, but his eyes don't look happy and bright now. They look, I don't know, like a little ashamed, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I compromised who I was to try to get this, this, and that. You know, like, yeah. I know why I'm doing this, but I still had to do it. I think he's definitely got some internal stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. And it is coming out in in their relationship, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Well, Justin tells them, you sound like my father. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're trying to annoying each other. Brian takes the alarm and moves it way away, snatches the blanket, <laughs> so Justin has to get up. And mm-hmm. they're just, it's a tense moment, tense morning at the loft. Yep. Uh, over at the diner, Detective Horvath shows up, and while placing his lunch order, he asks Debbie on a date. Girl, I knew it. <laughs> I knew this man liked her when he showed up to her house, okay? Uh-huh. I mean, he ain't the type to do that. That's why, I mean, it's like, yeah, he was just doing his job. Nah, not him. She did everything for him, yeah. you know? For him, having, for him coming to the house... He was loving him some Debbie. That's yeah. because she was checking his ass. I mean, love yeah, a woman like he, that. Well, you know he liked her moxie and then uh-huh. she stood up to him and, yeah. um, you know, that that grit and that fight in mm-hmm. her. I think mm-hmm. he really did. He really did like that. Yeah, and he thought it was, it was a passionate grit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. she was fighting over somebody she didn't even know, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I think he saw that compassion in her and he liked to fight in her or whatever. Okay, so he came to get what was his. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't like the cop, you know what I'm saying? I love that he came for Debbie, though. Yeah, and I want to, I'm going to pretend in my mind that not all cops, of course, but some cops get into that line of work because they want to bring justice, but because they right. care about people. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that Debbie has, like, in what she was doing to bring about justice with that situation with Jason Kemp, uh, she did it out of a place of compassion, right. of, you know, true concern for humanity. And so I think sometimes when you've been in the forest for a while, which Carl probably has, like, you lose some of that. like right. Just like with doctors, you know, where they lose that sensitivity to mm-hmm. it. And so... In my mind, I want to pretend there was something about her that reminded him of why he began. His yeah, journey. why yeah. it was like that. Mm-hmm. Why he, uh, yeah, yeah, she like triggered like, something. Yeah, uh-huh. that's just in my head. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you because I kind of <laughs> okay, like good. this. You okay, know? okay, I let's like keep that. it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we see Fetch, and he is signing off with a final performance. Oh, yeah, and all of his other. His co-stars or whatever have <laughs> shown up for a farewell party and Ted and Michael and Brian and Justin are there as well and over in the corner Brian and Justin are together and Justin is pretty tired. He's yawning. He can barely keep his eyes open. Yeah, the head is just bobbing like a bobble yeah, head. Yeah, mm-hmm and so Brian calls him on it and he's like, hey you're about to pass out like right here right. on your feet, you know, like you're, you've been working too much. These hours you're keeping are not allowing you to do the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he offers to loan him. He's like, hey, if you want, just take it. I'll loan it to you. Uh, because he knows, hey, Justin's still trying to keep this independence thing. He's like, okay, I'll make it a loan. I'll give it to you that right. way. And Justin still says no. Um, and so I like that they're having this little tiff yeah. <laughs> kind of in secret uh, at this party. We're not embarrassing each other, but they're addressing mm-hmm. there's an issue and it's growing yeah. in our relationship. And so... And I love that they have those hard conversations. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think to make that relationship, that kind of relationship last anyway, you have to have those tough conversations Mm -hmm. and feel a little bit uncomfortable. But like you said, I'm glad that they're not showing out, you know what I'm saying, in front of company. Right. And they're keeping it low and under wraps. 
Um, but what the main thing I love about this is that Brian respects Justin's decision and that he knows that Justin just won't take the handout. So he mm-hmm. offers to give it a loan, but he's so persistent on like, hey, you don't have to be doing this. You don't have to do that. I'm here to help. I love that because mm-hmm. I feel like in the past, we wouldn't have ever got that from Brian. Right. We're seeing a different version of him and it's loving. And I keep saying it's loving because it is this whole season. We have gotten a different Brian. Like, he's so understanding. He's loving. He would do anything in the world for Justin. That lets me know right there that that relationship has changed. They just need to go ahead and put that title on it. <laughs> put the title they on it. They refuse to put the title on it. I'm sorry. But Justin tells him, I'm trying to take care of myself. And uh, he says, you know, you said you're trying to make me the best homosexual I can be. Doesn't that include being a man? And I think that's kind of a dig. But just... Even that idea that to be a man, you have to be the one to do this. Like, you have to be the one to take control. You have to be the one to make the money. And so that's just kind of like a warped thing that Justin has in his head. I think in a way it's him twisting Brian's words. Okay, yeah, because I didn't feel like... I just knew it was him twisting Brian's words. I didn't think of it like anything else. I was thinking he was just being catty. You know what I'm saying? Just being shady. (laughs) Well, you said this. You know, yeah, that's been a, uh-huh, a typical yeah, 18 you said year old. this, yeah. doesn't that mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Brian tells him, well, sometimes a man has to know when to accept help. Come through with the comeback, Brian. <laughs> okay. I get 1000 for the comeback. Yeah. Uh, so over at uh, Debbie and Vic's place, Vic is reading the personals. And I'm not sure if he's just reading them because they're there or if he's actively looking for somebody. But either way, I like the idea that he's open to the possibility of a relationship now. He deserves it because Uncle Vic is everything. Yeah. I mean, he's a sweet, compassionate guy. He's a talented chef. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a family man. I mean, why can't he find love? Yeah, I think him getting the second wind in life and also, like, seeing Michael with Ben, you yeah, know. and uh-huh. Maybe just some of that. Yeah, it's giving him hope. And it's like, okay, well, hey, I still have some life left. Yep. I wouldn't mind spending it with somebody. And they all cuffed up, too. I mean, look at them. You got Michael and Ben, mm-hmm. Justin and Brian, Emmett and Fetch. I mean, Emmett and Fetch. Emmett and George. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all cuffed up. Mel and Lindsay. Come on, he don't want to be the next Emmett. I mean, I'm the next Ted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Debbie tells him that uh, someone did ask her out today. Or they're, they're talking about relationships. And she says, well, someone did ask me out. And finds out it's a detective. And, of course, she turned him down. Uh, and then Vic's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? And she says, well, he's a homophobe. And then Vic says, well, no, he just needs to be enlightened. Yep. And that's a difference. There are some people that there's no hope right. for them. No. And there are some people who are just like ignorant. And part of it is because they've not had exposure to people who are not like them. Right. You know, and they've not tried to get that really. Uh, and so there is a difference between... It is, it is. And if he was such a homophobe, he knows that her son is gay. He mm-hmm. knows that her brother is gay. Mm-hmm. He knows where she works. He knows she's very big um, um, advocate for gay rights and the gay movement. He wouldn't have come to her. He he came to the gay diner right. to ask you out. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't have come if that was the case. Right. You know? you ha- he had to risk being seen yeah. going in there during daylight hours, yeah. you know, if he mm-hmm. felt like all of that. He might still have some issues with it or right, whatever. Right, no, he's going to have issues for but sure. But re- I think it really is less of... He, not knowing. Now, he has said educated. some homophobic things, he has, for sure. But that's because he's not familiar with the culture. He hasn't been exposed to it enough. Right. He's only seeing what he sees on TV. When you're a nerd, when you're scared and don't know anything, when you don't know anything, that's can be scary. You know, right. you, you fear what you, you don't know. You fall into the stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, growing up where, where we grew up, right. a person who, like... a gender Hell, non me. yeah I mean, well you I had to hide yeah for but years. even like a gender non-conforming person right nobody in our town has ever heard of that or seen oh, no, that or whatever be, ooh, and so you would have some very ignorant ideas about that possibly because you've never had any contact with yeah, that correct but then when you get out in the world and you live a little more and you meet more people then you're like oh yeah okay cool right <laughs> that's so true yeah so true and so i think probably carl has surrounded himself with people who are like him. Uh-huh. And so now that's he's why breaking his opinions are so ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Vic is basically telling her, Debbie, look, it's been many years. <laughs> like, we know she hasn't had a relationship probably since Girl, Danny DeVore. For real. I was like, that's what I was saying, like 31 years. Yeah, Maybe. but she did have a date in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Come through, Debbie, with the 92. So, yeah, but that was just a date. We don't mm. know how... Well, that no, went probably no. not so great. If not at didn't all. know about it, girl. I got the WD forty at the crib. You let me know. <laughs> I got you, Debbie. Uh, yeah, but he grabs the phone and he tells her like, "Hey, you need to call him." 
you can you're allowed to change your mind. He's the best brother. He push really her. is. He yeah, is. because he's so it's nice to see him getting to push her because she's had Always to push him, him. Mm-hmm. for the last year or two. And so when it's really nice. he wanted to give up. And now he's like, no, boo, uh-uh. mm-hmm. you're young. Yeah. We're going to get you out there. I love that. I mean, he's always so supportive. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's just never when it comes to himself. I know? know. Yeah. But he, he's he's kind of getting there. Right. Uh, Michael and Emmett are packing Emmett's suitcase. He's getting ready to leave on his flight with George. Yes. And Emmett is, he, it's kind of bittersweet because he's excited to be going with George, but right. he's going to miss. His everything. His friends and yeah. everything. Yeah. And then he, I think he also realizes, okay, like now my life is going to look different because I don't see him coming, coming back. back from that trip mm-hmm. and moving back in with Michael. No, you know? it, no and so it's different. I think he knows this is kind of jump-starting a totally different life for me. Right. And it's scary as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you said, bittersweet. This is something he deserves. He yeah. definitely needs to walk into this life, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yes, he's never, he's not going to lose his friends, but, you know, it's just something a little different. So he's a little emotional. It's, it should be an emotional time. You yeah. Know? Your dreams was. are coming true. Yeah. He is going across the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, many different countries. So excited for my boy. Yeah. Uh, so Justin goes to the SAP, as Brian calls him, to ask for the weekend off. He has a school project. His professor's like, no, you have to turn it in. You have to meet the deadline. And so Justin needs the time off to, to get it done. And, of course, Gary says no. Mm. Um, and Justin's like, I absolutely have to do this. There are, you know, There's not another option. I'll fail the class or whatever. And Gary's like, well, okay, fine. But you have to do something for me. It's like everything yeah. in his world works that way. What is that called? Quid pro quo? Yeah. Yeah, like, boy, if you don't get your sex harassment ass on. <laughs> no. real. If you were a compassionate <laughs> human being, you would let me finish my studies. I know. Like, I just want to, like, stab him yeah, no, for real. eyeballs. Looking like yeah. something straight from the 70s. Boy, get your ass. Yeah. Um. But he says, okay, if you come to this private party, a private little after hours party, then you can have you can have the weekend off. When he says it like it's no big deal. All you have to do yeah. is show up, stand around, and then right. you know you so can't. So I'm like, okay, up. maybe. You yeah, know like I, I can maybe. Do that. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so Justin goes to the loft and he is sitting at his computer and let me and so Brian comes over and he gives him a very sweet little kiss on the cheek mm-hmm. and then sits beside him. So sidebar, to me, this is like the hottest Brian ever looks like. Yeah. <laughs> like in this scene, he looks so attractive to me. Okay, so wherever Brian has been, like I say, he looks really hot, but he comes in and he takes his jacket off. So we got into a side conversation. But, um, <laughs> okay, so he takes his jacket off and we were like, well, where is he going to? Where is he coming from? I think he has come in for the night and Justin's there. And so he was like, okay, now we're home. Justin's right. doing his work. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why I think that remind me to... <laughs> okay. I, 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 anyway, point is Brian looks hot in this scene. No, he looks great. <laughs> Definitely looks great in this scene. But, and Justin's and Justin looks is cute. Yeah, no, seriously. But did you feel any tension between Justin and Brian? I feel like when Brian gave him a little kiss on the cheek, did you um feel him being a little cold? Mm, to maybe. Me, to me it goes back to him feeling sleazy. Like he knows oh he just said I have to go to this little party. You yeah. know, like I don't know, I just make it feel like he feels a certain type of way. Okay, let's get into that part. So, Brian compliments one of Justin's pieces, one of his little art pieces, and he says, you know, this is really good. This is good. Oh, it's not. This is a half bad. Right, <laughs> he has yeah. a very Brian compliment. Uh-huh. And he says, well, maybe we'll even hang it, which that is like a huge compliment mm-hmm. because you can tell how controlled and like OCD Brian <laughs> is about the loft and the right. decorations in there. And if he feels like something of Justin's deserves to be on the wall, like that's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty high compliment. Justin tells him I got the night off. That's how I'm able to get my work done. He says, in fact, I got the whole weekend off. And Brian said, oh, how'd you, how'd that happen? Yeah. And mm. Justin says, well, he said I could have the whole weekend off if I went to this little after hours party. Mm. Yeah, that little after hours party. Uh-uh. Like, if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, no, you're not going there because you know yeah. what type of party that is. Well, so Brian does mm-hmm. some digging. Like, who else is going to be there? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, probably just some of his friends. And Brian's like, oh, great. Yeah, well, we know the type of person he is, so I can only imagine yeah, what his friends is like. so that is not calming him any. And then he's listening to that, and, I th- and Brian's just like, I think he's had enough. And right. so he comes over, and he's like, look, he says, I'll give you $5,000. Uh, and Justin says, for what? Mm-hmm. And he says, for your for your drawing. 
But Justin knows what he's doing, and right. he's like, it's not for sale. And Brian says, no, just you. Yo, when he said that, my mouth dropped, okay? That was mic drop. But it's the truth. I think Justin needed to hear that. No one really questioned him except for, you know, they really they didn't really get into it, you know, with right. him or whatever the case. But now Brian knows he's jeopardizing who he is mm-hmm. for this damn job. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's like you're just continuing to make like first it's the I gateway. knew I knew what you let him do to you to yeah. be able to be up on the bar. I saw him giving you cocaine yeah. at Babylon. Now you're going to this little after hours party like you may not see it, but I can see right. what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. I can so, see that you've lost your grip. Yeah, this. you've lost your grip. I mean, that was just you dancing was the gateway to everything else. That was he knows that road what could mm-hmm. come from that. You know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be another little poster boy getting drunk out on drugs and tossed around. And next thing you know, like he could be positive because right. they're drugging these or kids, in you know a dumpster. Yeah, in like, a dumpster. Yeah. So you just never know. So yeah, I think he's done with it. But again, I love him that he's offering to even do that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. This is yeah. Uh, Deep. This is very deep, uh, and and for them especially, this is yeah, very very deep. But you know, money arguments are a big, you know, it's like in the top three of all couple arguments. Right, like right, money is true. you know one of the top topics. But normally it's the other way around. Not yeah. like I'm trying to gift you this, or gift you this, so you don't have to do that. Uh-huh. It's the other way around. Like where is the money? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got none. You ain't even working. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we see Melanie and Lindsay, and they are helping Debbie get ready for her date. Aww. And I love it. Yes, and I'm glad she called the girls, mm-hmm. you know? Because you would think that she would have called one of the boys. I could just easily see Emmett over there making oh, her yeah, a Oh, yeah, Emmett would have got her right. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but she called Melanie and Lindsay for this job. And they do a great job, and she looks like a princess. Yes. And so Detective Horvath shows up to take her out. Who looked very handsome, he by the did. way. did, yeah. And he looked very happy to see her, to be going out with her. If they're going anywhere near Liberty Avenue, everybody knows who Debbie right. is. Right. So he, but they, you know, who knows where they're going, but he's opening himself up to being associated with, with Debbie and he right. seems okay with that. Yeah. He looked very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just happy, like you said, happy to see her. It was very genuine. Yeah. And then she introduces Melanie and Lindsay and she says, they're lesbians. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> like, My friends are gay. Let's just go ahead and put it out yeah. there. <laughs> I don't want you to assume. Yeah. If you're coming around here, pretty much everybody is going to be mm-hmm. gay. So get used to it. Yep. So Michael and Vic are walking home with some groceries. And Michael's telling him that he wants to address the whole Ben situation with, with Debbie. And Vic's like, yeah, okay, it's probably a good idea. But not tonight because she has a date. Yeah. And Michael's shook. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, Debbie and Carl weren't moving fast enough. So uh-huh. Michael saw them. Standing on the porch, and he finds out that it's the detective. And Michael is not happy. No, he got a sourpuss face. He's acting like he's seven. Like, stop it. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand, like, you have some issues, but be grown. At least don't embarrass your mama. Mm-hmm. You know, like, come on now. You can put it on for a few minutes. Hi, hey. Yeah. When you leave, talk about him then. Yeah. But don't, embar- <laughs> don't embarrass him. Because if he's mama. a horrible person, Debbie She's not going to see him. Yeah, she's a pretty good judge of character. Right. And so she will recognize that and drop him if mm-hmm. he deserves to be dropped. But no, he want to pout. Yeah. The usual. <laughs> so then we see Emmett and George, and they're on their first class flight to their first destination. Baby, <laughs> Emmett yeah. has arrived. Okay. And they are settling into this life. You know, they're talking about what they're going to go do and how much they're going to enjoy this together. And George is telling Emmett how happy he is and that he's fulfilled. Yeah. That he has Emmett in his life and Mm -hmm. yeah, that he is, that things are going well. It's a touching scene. It is. And I'm glad Emmett is getting a taste of the good life because I would have been ordering everything too. (laughs) He was just doing desserts. I was like, no, I want the brie. I want the lobster over there too. I want the bottle of champagne. Go ahead and just leave that on over here, okay? (laughs) And then will you warm me up one of those towels over there and a couple of those um, packages of peanuts? I need an extra blanket. Uh, Yes, I'm I'm I'm, going to need one of those. (laughs) He's getting a good life, okay? Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think about Emmett and George versus Justin and Brian where Emmett has kind of settled into... And Emmett was not a gold digger. It's not like he was after money, but... I mean, in fact, he walked away from George at first, you know? But, um... It's interesting to think about how he is able to just kind of settle in and say, okay, being with George means now I'm a part of this lifestyle or whatever, Mm -hmm. or that's been extended to me. 
And I'm going to, like, okay, that that's fine. I'm going to embrace that. Whereas Justin, on the other hand, isn't there. But I think a lot of his age. Yeah, well, well the age. And personality. Is, yeah, his personality. But I feel like Justin came, the way Justin and Brian started off kind of set that tone for that. Right. The way Emmett and, and um, George started off, it set that tone. I mean, tone it started with a, t- a gift from Tiffany's. Yeah, so, so you know, it started <laughs> yeah. with a gift from Tiffany's that he accepted. And then once he read George for filth, George came back and courted him, mm-hmm. you know, and well, you didn't really see that for Brian in the beginning. You know, it was always right. Justin chasing him, Brian curving him, Justin finding out where he's going to be, fake IDs. I mean, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, their dynamic is just a little bit different. Yeah. They haven't made it to that level yet. You know? Yeah. No, I think it's totally appropriate that the dynamics are different. But I just, you know, this episode really shows them kind of side by right, side. Right, 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 right. Uh, so as they are sitting there talking, they decide to go ahead and kick the adventure off and right. to go, uh, you know, they head off to go join the that Mile High Club. <laughs> I'm proud of George, okay? He's going for every little bucket list item on, on his yeah. little list, okay? <laughs> go on, George. Do it up in the sky. Debbie and Carl are at dinner and they're, you know, just talking about life, talking about their families, and he's already met Michael, and so he's showing her pictures of his children. He has a son, and he has a daughter, and the daughter's married to a black guy. See, I don't like that off the rip. I was like, George, yeah. shut up. I mean, uh, what's Carl. his name? Carl. Carl, shut up. Don't say nothing else. Yeah. Don't describe him as that, oh, yeah, she's married to a black guy. You didn't have to, she's married. Yeah. Okay. I know. To a guy. And then he says, you know, I don't know why she's going to make her life more difficult. And he's like, I worry for the kids that they might eventually have. And I have personal experience with somebody saying this. I have a, a good friend, an, an older lady that I knew, and her daughter fell in love with a black guy and wanted to marry him. And she told, the mom told them no, because she's like, your kids would be harassed or whatever. And so... Um, and this would have been back in maybe the 60s or 70s. So I'm like, I get what you're saying. There's validity to what you're saying. But I don't like that you have that opinion. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, no, like. No, like uh-uh. And you're using the kids as, as an excuse. Right. Okay? So here's another example. A different setting, though. Different scenario. Um, I have a friend and she, her and her husband were going to adopt. And they, you know, you get to choose what kind of children you will adopt. And they basically selected everything except for black. They didn't want oh, a black child. Lord. Not be- because she said the husband's family is racist. And so she didn't want to put the child in that <laughs> well, situation. That's a good look, yeah. And so there are sometimes like, I understand what you're trying to do, but it still just all sounds ugly and, and bad. Right. And also my thing is, I don't even think I could get married to this person knowing that his family feels that way. I know like, right. I know, cause that means it was kind of instilled in him. And deep down inside, he has those teachings, you know? Right. And then just, like, I always have to watch what I say because what how they will, right. they will feel about it. Yeah. And, I just, and it's limiting it's, my life. Yeah, exactly. If my whole thing is, I, in that situation, if my whole thing is I want to give a home to a child who needs it, well, I'm limited in what I can, exactly. can offer. So, I mean, unless he's, like, have very, very strict boundaries and like, you know this is my life over here and, my, you know, my family's going to accept that, mm-hmm. then yeah, but I, mm I, no. Yeah. That's, ugh. Yeah, so anyway, back to Carl's situation, like, is he a racist? Possibly, but again, I think this is ignorant. I just think he's ignorant. I don't yeah. think that he's, like you said, I don't think he's been exposed to a lot. He's right. probably in his same little um, surroundings of Pennsylvania that he's always been in. Mm-hmm. The, t- the the places, what is it? Jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is the same place where he grew up at. You know what I'm saying? That's his neighborhood. That's his little stumping grounds. I don't think he's ever left. He know the same people. He go to the same store for 30, 40 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's really been exposed to a lot. And even as a cop, he just does his little job and, and keeps going and never, you know, branches out to do mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, but either way, it's like, that's not my favorite thing to hear you saying, Carl. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to totally write you off, but you need to work on some of your opinions. But maybe being with somebody... As eccentric as Debbie could help him with that. No, seriously. She's definitely going to help him with it. Mm-hmm. She's very Because she colorful. does call him on that, yep. you know? And then, but then it becomes this thing where she has to look at herself in a mirror because like, okay, I'm doing the same thing Practice to what Ben you based on his status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Carl kind of ends that by saying, you know, what our children do is none of our business. True. So. And it also looks like they're having a good time. Even though they're having this conversation... It, it, was yeah. a, it was a reflecting moment on both of them. She enlightened him. He enlightened her. Because it's none of her business what Michael does. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And same is is none of Michael's business what she does, you know. Yeah. But while they while they're doing this conversation, you can see that they were actually connecting and having a good right. time. Right. I think that she can see that there's room for growth in him because mm-hmm. we know Debbie. It ain't nothing for her to stand up and start screeching. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, and waving those red fingernails yep. in somebody's face. And I think if she thought he was a lost cause, she would have done that. But mm-hmm. she sees like he needs just some teaching. He needs to be taught. Absolutely. So Emmett and George are going at it in the bathroom and um. It looks like things are going great until things uh, are not going great anymore. Oh, Lord. And this scene could be comical because, you know, George dies, like, right? As he climaxes. Right. And it could be funny because you're like, they're stuck in the bathroom. But when you realize the panic on Emmett's face, face, and then when you see that he is more concerned with George than he is about being, being embarrassed. Caught. Yeah, because yeah, he's like, somebody help us instead of trying to, like, write them himself. He's like, we need help right now. Mm-hmm. And so when I think when you see it on Emmett's face, it The hurt. Yeah. And the, the scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that panic and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was to me at first I thought it was a joke. So yeah, I kinda like chuckled like, oh, okay, stop playing. And then I was like, oh my God, really? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And I love George. Like, why? I know. Why take uh, him away? He was like just getting his life started. I know. Like you God, know? gone too soon. Mm-hmm. Shoot, but yeah, it, it was it was a, a tough scene. But at least I can say he went out with a smile and a bang, he did. Mm-hmm. literally a bang. So yeah, he uh, went out getting the yeah. yeah, getting to spend this time with Image yeah. with all this like hope and promise, you know, and this joy in his heart. So, yeah, so that was you he was know, completely so yeah, that. yeah. He at least he was happy when he left. Yeah, uh, Debbie makes it home, and Michael is waiting up for her, uh, and. He's like, you were out with that homophobic prick. <laughs> and then she says, kind of what we've been saying, he's a 55-year-old straight man yep. who has 55-year-old straight man ideals, you know? Mm-hmm. Normal is the neighborhood you come from. We've said that on here before. Like, what he's used to is what he thinks. Like, that doesn't mean he can't he can't change. He can't Absolutely. grow. I mean, Michael being closed-minded as well now, mm-hmm. you know, like... You want her to accept something that's abnormal, but you won't accept something that's abnormal. Right. You won't give it and a chance. it's like, give her... She has been devoted to you and to Vic. Th- her, her whole, whole life. life. Yeah, since you've been born. And, I mean, you saw the links, even though we didn't necessarily agree with it, you see the links that she went to to try to give Michael something good, you right. know, as far where his father's concerned. And it's like, just let her have something. Exactly. Shoot. And it's one damn date. She didn't say she was marrying the man. Yeah. God. She's not running off to Italy with him. Just, I know. Yeah, it's one date. Shut up. But so Debbie gets him right together. Quick. And then Michael's like, oh, well, you're so desperate. You'll go out with anyone. Like, I was oh, like, oh, he, boy, you have lost he your mind. He might have deserved that slap. Yep, I can feel it. I want her to, I want her to reach back to New York, reach up yeah, to New York. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't quite hard enough. Nah, she should have, like, get that little <laughs> twist around. And fired off on his shit because you don't you don't be in my house three o'clock in the morning. But one game, my key back. I'm grown. Why <laughs> yeah. you at home with your they man? They all need to turn their keys back no, into each other because re- they have no respect. None. Like, okay, give me my damn key. Don't wait up for me anyway. I had you. Um, and get up at my house and get up at my business. All yeah. Right? Like now. Uh. So then we see Justin at this. After party, this after hours party or whatever, and Justin is walking around. It's clear that he's uncomfortable. You know, he's looking at everything else that's going on. He's not really engaging the way everyone else is engaging. The right. way the rest of the quote unquote decoration, you know, they're making out with guys or they're drinking a lot and drugging a lot. He's not really doing any of that. Well, he can see that it's more than decorations. Like this is a whole yeah. Full-on well, sex and it's just party. like no, I'm not interested in that guy. No, I don't want to do that. You right. know, and yeah, I think it's a little bit more than what he expected and what he bargained mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. I mean, he re- literally thought because he's 18. Right. He really thought he was coming there just to be just eye candy. Just to stand around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, okay, I stand around at a, a, a dance at Avalon, but here right. all I have to just walk around and just be there. Like, yeah. sure, I can do that. But that is not what this is. Um, And so Gary comes over and offers him a joint. And Justin says no. But then Gary says, come on, you need to relax. And I do think Justin does need to relax. Need to relax. You know, he he feels like very He's out of tight. sorts, very yeah. uncomfortable. He's very tightly wound. And so I do think when he hears relax, he's like, okay, I'm sure he's had a joint with what well, we see him with Daphne. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. we see him with Brian. So it's like, okay, I just need to, you know, take the edge off. Just a little right. something. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So he does take the joint from him. But 
I think no, it's, it's probably it's laced. laced with something. It's definitely laced. Um, and also, it goes back to, you can't trust this sleazeball-ass no. man. Like, I and mean, I mean, Justin might be thinking, with all these people here, what would what they can do? He do? But it's yeah. like, nah, dude. It's the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. you were in the lion's den, mm-hmm. little, lion, little lamb. Yeah. <laughs> you look like uh, a whole snack well, right Gary, now. Well, and Gary, like, licks his thumb and then, like, touches Justin's chest. It's just too much. Yeah. He laced that, um, that joint. Yeah, sure. because after, like, three puffs, you see Justin's vision kind of going hazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's just not good at this party. And where are the cops? <laughs> no, for real. God, on dates? Yeah. <laughs> Over at the bar at Woody's, uh, poor Ted is there with Brian. Okay, and earlier I said that I was going to bring something up. So I think that Brian had come home for the night because we saw him taking his shoes off when he right. was sitting there talking to Justin. But I think when he found out that Justin was going to this after-party thing and when Justin left, I think Brian like couldn't be... Home, home alone, alone. in yeah. the loft with his thoughts. And so he put those shoes right back on back and went out, out mm-hmm. to drink. And he is not just drinking a little bit. Brian is like totally yeah, sloshed. And heavy. I think it's because he's worried about Justin. And he's he worried knows, about the situation. Yeah, the party, yeah. He's worried about this party. I think it's just like, I just want that party to be over with. I just want him to come home, you know. And he don't want to show he don't want to show him that he's pressed, you know. It's like right. so he, he doesn't want to hover. Way. Yeah. yeah and, you know? Yeah, and he's still got his whole Brian Kenny persona thing that he's trying to keep intact in some ways. And so, but yeah, I definitely think that's what it is. No, he's like, that's a good observation. I love that. Yeah, I think he's like, no, I can't be here thinking about it. Just waiting, yeah. counting the minutes for I him to get, get home. Yeah. Like, I've got to get out of here. And he calls Ted, which is uh, which I like because, you know, the last time he was with Ted's when him and Michael you were on the outs. could be, yeah. yeah. Well, they were, when they were on the outs. Oh, him and Michael yeah. Were on the outs. Mm-hmm. And so... Like he calls Ted when he's desperate. It's like he's Hilarious. even drinking, but you know. And so Ted's pretty wasted too. Uh, but I like this conversation that they're having. Ted is talking about how everyone else has a partner but him. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, you have Justin, and Michael has been." And I like how at this point they're just like, "We don't care what you say, Brian. Yeah, you, you and Justin, Justin. are together." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Brian tells him, you don't have a boyfriend because you don't want one. Facts. And then Brian pretty much just like... Rips him up. Yeah. <laughs> Goes right into him. But you I intentionally think... go for people who won't choose you. So at the end of the day, you have exactly what you want. Yeah. yeah, but that's true, though. It is true. I feel like everything Brian said, it may have been a little mean. Yeah, but, but he self sabotages yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does. And he needed to hear that. It, that should have been a wake-up call right yep. there. <laughs> Okay, so Michael shows up and tells them uh, about, you know, the, the fight he had with Debbie. And then he's driving them home because they are both too too drunk to do anything. Yep. So he's driving them home. And Brian is... <laughs> Back there being messy as yeah. hell, okay? Yeah. Teasing this boy. Teasing him about upset. the officer and, and Debbie, yeah. Uh, well, apparently Michael is speeding because the they are being pulled over. Uh, Ted asks... Ted asks Brian, he says, do you have anything on you? And that's a very appropriate question. It is, because you never know what Brian's going to have. Yeah. God. But we, we haven't seen Brian do any drugs this season. Well, uh... Oh, well, in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning when Justin was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He was he was gone. But uh, other than that, only when he's stressed. It's usually just at the loft. Yeah, yeah. Or when he's stressed. Yeah. That's true. He only gets, like, obliterated out of his mind right. when he's super stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, with just alcohol, he got as close as he could to that, you know, because he's stressed about the situation with Justin. Right. Um, so they get pulled over, and Michael is being belligerent, Ted is panicking, and Brian is just useless. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I couldn't believe Michael. Like, I know. Bro, you are, act, you're crossing all the lines. You're jeopardizing yeah. all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, uh, just because he's upset that his mom's on a date with a detective. He was so rude. I've never seen Michael like that before. I know. And to an officer, like, what's wrong with you, dude? Just write the damn ticket, boy. Get, get your ass out the car. Okay? Yeah. You lucky it's not now. Night. Yeah, you lucky it's not now. You I know. Barely had your teeth. Uh, so back at the awful party, Justin is now, he's progressed to snorting cocaine openly now. I, I know. Like, Lord have mercy. But I don't think that he is making in charge of his own decisions right now in this moment no. i think he was i think what he had was laced with something and so he's just kind of like, altered yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he it, i think literally i think it was altered with ecstasy because the way his vision is it looks really like yeah the way he's moving his body yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. i feel like it was some type of you know drug that turns on the sex vibes you yeah know? yeah so it, it lowers the inhibitions and um gary is able to tell him or 
easily get him to do whatever he wants mm-hmm. him to do. But you can tell there's there's like a slow kind of pulling them into this mm-hmm. thing because when he gave him the joint before, one of Gary's friends walked up and Caressed he was him. like, hey, he looks like he's ready to go or whatever. And basically Gary was like, no, not yet. Not yeah. now. Go away. I <laughs> know. Like, uh, uh, and so then he's like slowly pulling him down deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into this. And so he comes over and he offers Justin a, a drink. It looks like it's water. Right. It's got a nice little lemon wedge in it. And but and we've seen other people drinking this. And so he offers him a drink and a tour of his place. Well, Justin's kind of out of it at this moment. So he's just following him. He gave him GHB. Where he's going. Um, and he takes him into this room where there's a guy. Uh, like, in a swing. Yeah, up in a swing. And there are all these men around him. And Gary turns Justin around and has him look at him. He's like, he looks like he's having fun. I was like, no, he looks no, like he's passed he's out. He's passed out. He cannot consent yeah. to anything. It's called rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Justin, even in his haze and fog of whatever, all drugs are in his system and alcohol or whatever else is in his system, he is like, no, that doesn't look right. And then the guy's like, we can put you in a swing. You'd look great in there. And Justin's like, no, I don't want to do that. And they still yeah, literally try to rip his clothes off. He's verbally saying no. And they are still, you know, doing this to him. But luckily, he has enough presence of mind right. to knee Gary in the <laughs> in the mouth, basically. Yes. Not one of his two that knock a, a tooth out and he's able to get to get out of there because that would have been a terrible bad situation yeah i mean they would have they would have given they tried to give him something else too like the yeah. friend tried to put something in his nose to knock him out you know like or give him poppers or something like just to get him hyped up they, that's all types wrong there yeah like, i mean all types i mean he lucky that justin even blow the whistle and he if he would have went to the cops right they all would have been done for mm-hmm. you know done so oh yeah but gross. i'm so glad that he got out of there, but then I can't help but think about the, the other, other guys who mm-hmm. didn't, who didn't get out. Yeah. Children. Okay. Uh, so back on the plane, um, we find out that George had a heart attack, and then the guy who is a doctor of economics says, "Well, what a way to go." And I think that's true. Like yeah. it could be. Could have been uh, worse. Could, yeah. Well, no, it could have been a joke, but I think it. I think it's what you were saying earlier. He got. He was with Emmett very excited about this trip yeah. they're about to take and so just at a really high moment in life right and so literally that's high how, moment in life. that's how i take <laughs> the uh you know what a way to go and the co-pilot recognized fetch and so he allows him to stay with george's body mm-hmm. at this you know sectioned off portion of the plane I mean, it's just a sad moment because, like yeah. you said before, you can see the hurt in Emmett's eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, his life was changing, and it just came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't about the money; it was the connection right. that he had with mm-hmm. George. You know, that lost thing and mm-hmm. how he found something that he had been wanting for a while, but but for, with someone that he never expected to find it with. But mm-hmm. it was like very true and very real, and we know that Emmett can fall in love in five seconds. Oh, but yeah. this, he actually had time to spend with yeah. George. And so, yeah, that's. I think that's going to be very hard on him. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, Ted, and Michael are in jail. <laughs> and Ted is disappointed because this looks nothing like the jailhouse porn that he has watched. <laughs> he wanted the hot guard come through and the, the soapy shower. Yeah, none of that. Uh, then Brian's like, you know, who do I have to do to get a latte over here? For real. Uh, this very nice looking officer walks in and Brian's like, if you say so. Because he was hot. I love this lass. Okay. So they're all released, and Horvath had something to do with that. And then he has a toe to toe with Michael, and I like that he approaches yep. him. I'm glad like, that he was standing like man, that. Yep. Like, look me in the eye. You got something to say to me? Say it to Just me. Say it. Spit it out. Mm-hmm. You know. And he let him know, like, hey, I'm a man. We're gonna talk. I think your mother's wonderful, and I know that your mother loves you. So I'm here for it. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to be, you know, what, you know, if we can make this work, if we make this connection. Yeah, so. I want to get to know your mom. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just what it is. And then Michael calls him a homophobe, and he says, no, I don't hate gays. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. But that's a place to start. You can right. work with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's know? what I said. I don't think that he's homophobic. He just hasn't been He exposed. definitely has said some homophobic mm-hmm. things, but right. he is a person, yeah. I think he's just, yeah. Exactly. He just, yeah, needs to be taught. Needs some time and some exposure. But I think Michael respects the fact that he's honest and open, you know? And I, he definitely respect, respects the fact that Michael, you know, very blunt and yeah. direct. Uh, and just went right to, right for the, the jugular, you know? Yeah. And the way he responded, I thought it was it was very well. And that it gave Michael a sense of him like, you know what? Maybe I should give him a try. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, uh, 
a male authority figure for Michael is different. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he never had one. Uh huh. And not to say that Carl's stepping in trying to be Zab, but Michael's not used to that. Yeah. That type of authority. Because Vic doesn't he no, didn't have no, the relationship no, no. with Vic. Uh uh-uh. And so that's something that's very different to him. And so I think he is a little bit like, okay, let me step back. Yeah, okay, and... <laughs> well, I'm being challenged. Yeah. I've never been challenged. Uh huh. So Michael goes to see Debbie after this at the diner, and Ben is with him. And he is there to apologize. And Debbie says, well, you expect me to forgive you just like that? <laughs> and uh, and I, I do think he does. <laughs> I mean, well, they're family. And yeah, I mean, he yeah. was needed. And she's done way worse to him. Right. And I mean, and, and that's not the worst thing he's done to her. Like, right. they, that's just kind of how they are. They're back exactly. and forth like that. So, yes, I think he was expecting it to be that quick. I was expecting it to be that quick. I wasn't expecting her response to be so bitchy. That's what I, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Uh, and she he tells her, I had no right to judge him. You know, I didn't even know him. And I had no right to speak to you that way. And then he tells her, you know, you're right. You're allowed to, to see whoever you want. But while we're on the subject, so am I. Exactly. And I, I think that he needed to check his mom, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Exactly. So, I mean, he needed to say what he had to say. And I'm glad he said it in front of Ben. So Ben knows that, hey, I stand up for you. I fight for you, you mm-hmm. know. And she needs to apologize for you as well. So Yeah. Because any kind of prejudice, whether it's based on a person's skin color, sexual orientation, their medical diagnosis, right. like any type of prejudice is, is wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, yeah, you can't. If I can't judge you about being with him, you then you can't, can't judge me about being with mm-hmm. Ben. Yeah. Um. So then, like they always do, those two, you know, reconcile. And she also acknowledges Ben yep. in this one. She's like, what can I get you, Ben? And he wants the Wheaties again. <laughs> so. But, I mean, I think it's a start again because it wasn't yeah. a super sweet, you know, acknowledgement. But right. I heard that was a start. But I'll it's a start. It. It's yeah. like, okay, maybe I'll stop intentionally right. <laughs> being awful to I'm you. I'm going to crawl before I walk. Yeah. Uh, so Brian makes it home to the loft and Justin is there and he says, well, what happened to you last night? We had an arrangement. We have an arrangement. You're supposed to be here by three, basically. Check his ass, Jay. <laughs> I know. And I wonder if he's heard it already because you know how their little network right. works. They all like calling each other. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what happened. So maybe he's heard what happened. But also, I think he knows that Brian's going to tell him. And if Brian wasn't home by three... Something was up. Something was up. Mm -hmm. And he's coming home, like, this late in the morning. There's got to be some explanation for it. Uh, So, he didn't make too big of a a deal out out of it. And Brian asks him, how was the party? And Justin says, I left early. And then, like, as they're talking, you can tell that... Because before, Brian made a derogatory comment about the sap and Justin was like, well, you don't know him. Mm-hmm. But now Justin's like, like, fuck the sap. Yeah. yeah fuck him. <laughs> okay. He's a sleazeball. You're right. Yeah. But so he's not going to say you're he's right. He's not going to say you're right. He's not going to say what happened, but it's enough for Brian to get the picture. And so he tells them, you know, I've decided that working all night and, you know, working two jobs and trying to go to school out during the day, that's counterproductive to my goals. And so he tells Brian, I'd like, I'd like to take you up on, on your offer. If it still stands. If it still stands. And, and Brian, Brian checks. checks. <laughs> under the it blanket stands. And it still stands. Yes. So, so there's that. Uh, and Justin tells him, well, we should have something in writing. Like we, you know, the installment plan, da, da, da. and I think Brian's like, sure, whatever. Because I don't think he cares if no. Justin ever pays a dime of it back. He doesn't. But he, he knows that him it's him done with that job. Right. <laughs> and, he, but, and he knows it's important for Justin to feel like he is going to hold right. his own, you mm-hmm. know. And I think Justin will kill himself trying to pay all that money right, back. Right. But, but it's interesting that Justin does that because nobody else does that, Mm-mm. you know. Uh, did Justin ever pay back that money for stealing off the credit card? That's why he had the job at the diner in the first place. Right. But did he ever give the money back? He probably did, but I wonder if Brian... Brian probably took it at that point, but I wonder... And takes him on dates and shit with it. I wonder... I doubt that he was just like, okay, give me... I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure in some way he made it clear to Justin that it really wasn't about the money right. necessarily, you know, uh, is, is what I think. Um, so they're laying in bed and Justin comes over to the bed and Brian asks him, just looks him in the eye and says, what made you change your mind? And Justin says, a man needs to know when to ask for help. But I think Brian was giving him an opportunity 
to be to honest. say it because I think Brian at this point knows something happened, mm-hmm. something major happened, and he's giving him a chance to say, "Are you gonna tell me? Are you comfortable telling me whatever?" Right. You know. But Justin just says, "You know, a man is known ask for help." <laughs> I love that he said that though because the first mm-hmm. time he said something to Brian, it was sarcastic. Mm-hmm. This time it was heartfelt. Mm-hmm. A man needs no one ask for help. He knew that that was a bad spot to be yeah. in. What do you think about Justin not telling him? At least on this episode, not telling him what happened. I'm glad what he didn't. Happened. I mean, I'm glad he didn't. Brian would have went crazy if he would have known this man drugged him and took advantage of him and all the other boys out there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I think Brian definitely would have went. Oh, a little loco. So I'm glad, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad he didn't tell him. Yeah, well, and I think Brian does not like the idea of Justin being hurt. Right, okay? not at all. So, like, not at all. And so he would not have been okay yeah. with what happened. Now, Brian is very cunning, So, but it's possible he'd have gone over there with his fist first. Right, right. But it's also possible he'd have come at, come at him from a totally different angle, yeah, you know, destroyed and like, ruined his whole, yeah. Yeah, his whole business. It would have destroyed him. Uh, but I don't think that he would have easily forgiven that. No, and he would not. I think Justin knows that. And so he's like, in Justin's mind, he feels like, okay, I got out. Nothing major happened. Right. And I think something Yet. happened. But in Justin's mind, he's like, nothing happened. Uh, but I think it was enough is what right, I'm saying. Like, right. That was bad enough what did happen. Uh, and so it's like, so let's just let it go. Let's not make a big deal mm-hmm. of it. I think what Justin's thinking. Uh, but so anyway, they are uh, in the bed getting together, cozy. getting cozy. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and and so Brian reaches over and gets the condom. Yeah, and so he's holding. Well, Justin snatches it from him, and you're like, "Wait a minute! Like, um, what's going on like, here?" Uh, and who, then, who who? and then, yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, okay." When it looks like Justin just but get on top, you know, so yeah. I thought he was gonna ride or whatever the case. But then he nudges the shoulder like roll over. I'm yeah. like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> what? And Brian looking like, what you mean, roll over? And Justin hit him again with the shoulder, like, no, roll over. It's yeah. your turn. Girl, that was hot. Yeah. Okay? But I was blown away, like, Brian? Mm-hmm. Uh uh-uh. uh. You yeah. giving up the cookies, baby? So, and okay, so we'll talk about the rest of the scene, then we'll do some more digging into it. So, Brian starts to roll over, but then he hesitates and he kind of looks up and he looks at Justin again, almost like, Because I think for Brian, like, we only know Brian as a top. Now, I imagine maybe years past, he would get an occasional itch, and so it's probably bottomed before. Right, right. But what we're to understand is that, for the most part, Brian is a a top. Top, yeah. Uh, And so I think think because that requires a little bit, a lot of trust, and Brian doesn't have repeats Mm -hmm. and stuff, and so he doesn't, he's not with people that he can trust like that. And so I think as he's turning over and he looks with that little bit of hesitation, Justin senses that, and so that like, gives him a kiss of reassurance. Yeah. Like, it's just me. It's us. Like, yep, I got this is you. What we do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Love that. Yeah, I can definitely feel that, and I see yeah. that as well because that hesitation was just enough. And then, like you said, Justin did lean in with that kiss, mm-hmm. and it relaxed him and let mm-hmm. him know, like, "Hey, baby, you're safe. You're home." Yeah, and it's like this doesn't make me think any different of you. Like, this is just us. And right. This, you know, it's fine. Um. So this is the first time we see that we see Brian Bottom at all but this is the first time that we see Justin being the one topping Brian we've seen Justin like top other Others, tricks and stuff uh-huh. but um okay so I personally don't feel like this was the first time that that happened for them but it's the first time that we see it so you don't have to agree with me on that because <laughs> I just feel like off screen I feel like off screen it's happened before between the two of them uh, mm, I, just that look that he gave made me feel like it, it wasn't I mean, because he was so hesitant, you know? Well, I feel like he's going to be hesitant because I don't think it happens often. Right. And so I think that he's going to be hesitant for a while anytime it happens mm. until it becomes more normal. But I mean, it's okay yeah. if it is if it is the first time. I think it's important here because... It reestablishes their trust. Well, and also because I think Justin is needing to feel some control oh, right now, yeah. you know, because he's letting Brian do this thing for him with the money and with school yeah, so he's also letting, yeah. with what almost happened to him the night before. I think Justin's needing yeah. to feel some control, no, that's and true. I think Brian senses that in him, and mm-hmm. so he's gonna let him have that have that control. Um, but I feel like I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like the first time that Brian would allow Justin to top him would be to kind of like smooth over some like that kind of emotional thing. Hmm. You know, I don't know, but it it could be. Because, you know, part of me feels like it would warrant a little bit of a discussion or a little bit of a fight with the two of them, but Brian's not necessarily verbal, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's sexual. Um, 
don't. It doesn't matter. I just yeah, yeah. was sharing my opinion on it. No, no, true, 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 true. But I like your opinion. I just, for me, I just feel like this was the first time because I just don't see Brian giving up any, um, giving up that type of power. You know? Yeah. But, definitely not often. Yeah. Definitely not in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, not early on. So true, 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 true. I don't know. Well, guys, that's a question for y'all. You let us know what y'all think on that. Then okay, has Brian and has Brian um, been Justin's bottom? before this episode here. Okay, so that's the good question. We want you to write that in to us. Leave it on our website. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram as well. And, I mean, any questions you guys have, reach out to us and make sure you guys are liking and sharing to all of your friends as well because we do this for you guys and our common love for queer-ass folk. And, guys, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.